that if you leave a situation that's toxic and find another means, like, you know, change your environment, you will be guided and, and you will be supported in that. Assalamu alaikum. Hello. This is Your Truth is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Nadira Razak. I am a wife, a mother, a seeker, and a life and business coach. This podcast is about tuning in to that small, quiet voice within that urges you to really follow your soul's calling. And this podcast aims to bring you solo episodes and interviews with other special humans who have followed this calling, no matter how out of the box it may have been. We'll share stories about how God's grace is working through their lives and how they have the courage to really put one foot in front of the other and build a life that is fulfilling, meaningful, and filled with a sense of play and wonder. I started this podcast because I was at a point in my life where I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve as a coach, yet something still felt missing. I knew I wanted to feel utterly and truly alive and connected to other beautiful human beings. This podcast helps you navigate this quest where you feel like you've arrived and now there's a whisper that this isn't it. There's chaos again and you have to start over. So this is about new beginnings pivots and finding those breadcrumbs of delight and surprise along life's journey. And I hope that you will tune in, whether it's on your walk, on your drives, going to the gym, however it is that you listen to this podcast. I hope it sparks something in you so that you get the courage to just go for your dreams, to trust those moments of insight and alignment so you can take action on the things that matter to you. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and keep in touch with me about the things that are on your heart so we can have a conversation about navigating this beautiful thing called being a human. Welcome everybody to the Your Truth is Calling podcast. This is your host, Nadira Razak. This is another solo episode. I have a lot that's moving through, so much to share with you. So I will be posting the interviews possibly from next week, God willing, inshallah. So, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And I just had some flashbacks to incidents that happened previously when it has come to attacks, especially where it feels like Muslims have been involved. And that happened close to home when it was the Easter attacks in Sri Lanka, because I have grown up in Sri Lanka. You know, that has been like my motherland and coming to Australia. I remember, I feel like my youngest was possibly turning one when that happened. And I remember where I was in the kitchen and this whole thing unfolded um, on the news. And because I had been in this particular church, um, St. Anthony's in Sri Lanka, I had been there when I was little because my mom's side of the family is Catholic and I had an uncle and an aunt who would visit Sri Lanka about once a year in December. And when they would do so, my mom was the only remaining relative in Sri Lanka from her siblings. So people would stay with us. And that's how I, you know, built sort of connections and relationships because usually our home was like the hub if people visited. So I'm sure my aunt, you know, asked for permission to take me on this trip and I loved it, but they would do a lot of social work. So, you know, they hired this van and I was at the back with my cousin, obviously, you know, getting up to mischief, like every time the, the van would swerve, um, it was our job to like squish the person into <laughs> the side of the van to see 
who could do that and get the other person back. Um, anyway, on this one trip, when they came back from Trincomalee, which is, you know, quite a distance from Colombo, when we came back to Colombo, um, we visited St. Anthony's and because I'm Muslim and I don't worship in the church, I just sat at the back. But I am familiar with churches and kovils and temples. I lived opposite a Buddhist temple in Sri Lanka that was like our family home. And I was used to seeing monks, uh, Buddhist monks being, you know, um, initiated um, as monks, like when they were adolescents and seeing, you know, the mothers giving up their sons for that service. I would watch from my parents' bedroom window because that window would overlook um, the temple. So when the Easter attacks happened, I remember feeling guilty. I felt like even though it wasn't something that I know Muslims like were responsible for, these were terrorists or whether it was a political thing, I'm not sure how that whole thing panned out. And, you know, one person does something really stupid and every everybody gets a bad rap or a bad name. I suddenly started feeling like I had to apologize to every single person who um, was from that faith who was affected, like, especially when, you know, a school, as a school mom, I'm one of the very few hijabis. And I remember I would park the car and then take the stroller down like three blocks to school. And I felt like if I came across another Sri Lankan mom, like I had to just profusely apologize for what my people had done, you know, and that was the feeling. And I remember the same thing happened when my brother-in-law visited and he went, um, what what do you call that? Jumping out of a plane in <laughs> a parachute. It's really late here, guys. I tended to leave this to, to late at night this time and my kids are asleep. It's 11.38 p.m. I My body's still adjusting to daylight savings. I'm going to sleep at midnight these days and I don't know what's up with that. It, my body clock is really out of whack. So anyway... Um, he did that experience and we were just hanging around. There was a long wait, you know, till you get to go on your plane. So my husband and I and, and the kids, obviously we weren't doing the experience. We were just accompanying him. And because it was the same time, it could have been that the Easter attacks happened. Actually, I almost felt like people were going to, you know, look at me differently because I wore the hijab. And I remember having things under the stroller, like, you know, like the water bottles and things like that. And I remember, remember shuffling in there, trying to, you know, take things out of bags and stuff so people would know that I'm not hiding anything, that it's just my baby's stuff, like, you know, a change of nappies and, and change of clothes and things like that. So I just noticed that that was what was happening as this um, this whole thing is panning out with Palestine and Israel and, and what's going on in the world. I haven't been looking at the news that much. Usually my husband just tells me what's on the news because I feel I'm such a sensitive soul that if I get too invested in watching the news, it does affect me profusely. But this time I remember just going you know, to the shops. It was an op shop. I was looking for a specific thing and it was closing time and there was a male who was, you know, with the other lady at this particular op shop and he just was not smiling and being really stern and I automatically assumed that oh my gosh he must be thinking something about me you know so that that's just something that's been going on in my consciousness of late since these global events have taken place and I just want to presence that just in case you were feeling something similar do let me know in the dms at Nadira Razak as to how this whole thing is 
going down with you and and how you're feeling. Um, I know that my friend Nayab and I, like when those attacks happened in New Zealand and there were uh, some worshippers who were killed because of a gunman, we we couldn't stop crying. Like I remember where I was in the kitchen. I just sort of slid down like the kitchen cupboards and just broke down crying because I couldn't believe what was happening. So if you're extra sensitive, I just pray that you can get through this and we're just sending prayers and love to everybody affected with this whole scenario. So putting that to one side, what I have been going through is as I said last week, I haven't been too chatty. I haven't wanted to chat too much, but just go through my house and declutter paper. And I noticed how much inventory I have in that paper department. And I was chatting to another mom of young kids and we were all talking about this whole inventory thing, right? So when you have a lot of stuff, it takes you more than five to 10 minutes to tidy up before you can be ready to like go to bed or clean the house, right? Then you know that you just have too much because it's taking way longer to put away stuff. And it kind of got me thinking that that is what I want to concentrate on, right? My energy wanted to be at home, not external. And I just also did a talk with the grade fives and sixes at um, the local madrasa where my kids attend. And it was so touching to see one of the young ones talking about how she might need to consider changing schools because she just recognized that a lot of the people around her at school are toxic. They're full of drama And she feels like she can't get away from it. And her mom was saying, well, it's how it is. You know, if if you go to work, when you're at work, like you have bills to pay and this and that. So whether the environment is toxic or not, you've got to suck it up. So she was almost sort of saying to her daughter, like, we can't do anything about it. You've just got to stay put and deal with it. And I had a different opinion to that. I know that, you know, we've come from that consciousness of we have to pay the bills, like we go to work because we have bills to pay. I feel like we're shifting from that, you know, we're going into an era where you can get paid for doing what you love and from that joy and life force that you put out into the world, you should get compensated for that, right? And that if you leave a situation that's toxic, and find another means, like, you know, change your environment, uh, you will be guided and and you will be supported in that by the universe because it's like you're saying to life, I can no longer handle this level of toxicity in my life. And I was kind of thinking about my clients who have made career shifts where they have left a career like stockbroking and gotten into the wellness industry um, and how quickly that happened once they had the sessions with me. And what I can say about that is the reason that happens, it looks miraculous from the outside, like how it happened so fast. But what's really happening underneath is that I am getting the person really, really present to what what it is they desire, getting clear about the desire, 
and I'm getting them really, really present to what is super uncomfortable about their current situation. Because without those two polarities of the discomfort and the desire, you have no fuel, you have no fire in your belly to make a commitment to go after what it is that you want, right? You will just stay stuck, stay stuck or stay in limbo because you haven't had that conversation with yourself. And sometimes it's hard to just have that, like where you you just sit with yourself and go, okay, we're going to change this. Sometimes it takes another pair of eyes and someone strong in your corner, like a coach, to hold you and say, hey, like, how is this working for you? And what is it that you want? A lot of people can't even answer that question. And so we have to dig a little, right? We have to sometimes do a bit of healing work to even get to that piece where we can actually really get crystal clear about, ooh, this is the direction that my heart wants to go in and actually claim that and start taking steps to get to that place, right? But why is it that before the conversation with me, it's taken like three years and nothing has happened in that department of life? Say it was a career change. They were contemplating it, but they just couldn't take the action to make it happen. And sometimes it's just one conversation away. Changing your career could be just one conversation away, you know? With a lot of my clients who've made career moves like that from one industry to another, usually there is a human, you know, an actual face and a name that comes up in our conversation. And then I have to sort of say to my client, okay, what do you need to say to this person? Who can help you? And we kind of craft like what they need to talk about in that conversation. And I come from a sales background, you know, part of my um, past career has been in telemarketing. So I got very ninja at just, just having conversations all the time. Right. And, and, and so the words kind of tend to roll off my tongue when it comes to certain types of conversations where you have to make an ask or, um, you know, just say the same thing, but in a way that that person can, yeah, like really understand where you're coming from. And usually it's been like a client of mine having to just either pick up the phone and have a conversation or go out to coffee with a particular person. And then that ends up opening the door um, to doing the new thing, whatever it is, whether it's going from stockbroking to a career in the wellness industry or going from being a GP to then changing tracks and doing something more holistic where they open up their own clinic Uh, when maybe the workplace culture in a hospital system in a country overseas has been really, um, yeah, just not good for them and not good for their families. Because as a woman, especially if you are under the pump and you're under pressure and stressed, of course it trickles down into your family, right? You know you're either going to feel like your children are being neglected or you, you do not have enough time for self-care uh, just to get your head straight in the morning, right? And have time to think, have time to problem solve and be creative. Like there is no space for that when you're stressed. None of that works. None of that flows, right? So if you know that you're on the precipice of a conversation like that, it's like you know you have to make a shift, but you don't know where to start, having a conversation with a coach 
I'm going to spruik myself here. <laughs> I This is what I do for a living. I have conversations with people so they can pivot and make changes and really claim their brilliance and go after their dreams and actually take steps in that direction. You want to have a conversation. And sometimes, you know, you might do something for three years, even after a pivot and realize, oh my gosh, I'm changing again. Time to have another conversation, right? So even if you've been a past client of mine, if you feel like, wow, like I actually have changed so much in two years, in three years, time to relook at things, then this is an invitation for you as well. And if you're new at this and you've never had a session with a coach, but you know that you're a deep thinker, you process things and you think about things deeply. Um, it's just that you don't know where to start with making a change. Then having someone coach you through that where you're able to discern what what your priorities are right now, what your values are, and your values can change season to season, Right depends on what's going on in your life overall, like holistically. So if that is you, I invite you to send me a DM on Instagram at now there are Razak on Instagram. And, you know, we, we can set up a time to talk. Like we, we might talk for like 15 minutes just so you can answer some questions that I have for you. Like, you know, how long has this been going on for? What have you already tried? to solve your problem? Why do you want to work with me? Just just those sorts of questions, just so I can see if we're a match. Um, and then I let you know how we can do that. And usually when I've had um, women wanting a career change or wanting to know what direction to go in, I, I used to do it in three sessions. And I found that by the third session, like it almost wasn't necessary because we got there um, really quickly. Right, but um, the third session is a lot more like strategy, and let's look at like what your day to day is going to look like now that you have the bigger vision. Right, I work in a really custom way. Uh, of late, I really love doing like one session a month, and then having voice memo support for my clients in between because it's really looking at how do my strengths work, right? I'm really good at like listening to you. And then sometimes the insights come straight away. And sometimes it just hits me like a day later or two days later. And I wanted to design a container where if the insight comes after I complete that live one-to-one conversation with you on the phone, that I have a way of just still giving you the insight. Um, so we don't have to wait for the next booked session in order for you to like take that and run with it, right? So that's how I work. And I just wanted you to know that if you have been in that place where you're looking for something more, you know that you can't go on living the way that you're living right now, like something has to change and this, then it might be a good time to seek out coaching and get the problem solved. And it's not going to break the bank, right? So it's it's very, very affordable and accessible. So I don't want you to think like, oh my God, this is going to be a 10K program or a 5K program. It could literally be as you know affordable as like $500 or $200, you know, like it, it's not going to be a huge outlay 
for you to get the support you need and just run with it. So I don't want you to hold yourself back or feel shy in reaching out. Um, just, yeah, send me a DM. And if you have my number, you can reach out to me on WhatsApp or the phone. So I just wanted to leave you with that. Remember, again, that whatever you're going through, just validate those feelings that you have and just be really, really gentle with yourself. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.